0: wide left, Martinez to the right, they score! Carlson, back
1: and forth with Martinez! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Petrangelo scores! Two markers for Patrangelo! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in,
2: Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, Ryan Millar, Ryan Wallace, jeez, I'm thinking ahead of myself, Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman, inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios, Finley Chevrolet, on the
0: 215, home of the Woo! Listen, I'm going to throw this out there, uh, 702-876-1340. Let's open up the phone lines for the first time this year. And if you want to talk about Ryan wanting to be part of my family, you can talk about Ryan wanting to be part of my family. He basically, he, he applied by fitting his first name with my last name today in the introduction. We can do that. Or we can talk about the upcoming season. We can talk about the off season. We can talk about whatever you want. But if you're okay with this, every Monday, first segment we can throw the lines open and let everybody just react to the weekend and start the week off with the fans, the loyal listeners, the people having their own segment. This this will be your time every week. Four o'clock on Monday is your time. Are we going to
2: call it something fancy or are we, we going to let that come to us?
0: I'm gonna call it something fancy. I just haven't come up with it yet. I've come <laughs> up with a couple of things, but they're they're more <laughs> cheesy than anything. I want it's it' all to be, cheesy. I want it to be really good I, yeah. I don't mind cheesy every now and then, but this this will be just the perfect opportunity to get something off your chest or a stick tap to somebody. but every week you know mm-hmm. four yep. o'clock seven oh two eight seven six thirteen forty. You can call in. If it's Rita, that's great. If it's Danny, it's <laughs> awesome. If it's Papa Lou, welcome aboard. Uh, Stephanie or Stan, whatever. This is your time. So I I, I want to be able to just open that up, and we'll do it. We'll do a bit of a soft launch today. Yep. But from now on, you just know that Mondays at four. Like we're not we're not going to plan for this segment. This is going to be yours. And you will make this a success or you will make this a failure. It's on your shoulders. Sports Talk Radio is counting on you right now. Let's go to the phone lines right at the bat. Mike, welcome to the VGK Insider Show. You are the first caller of the 2021-2022 season. And
3: honored, I must say. Thank you so much, Darren. Uh, now that you've learned some Japanese, have you cussed out, Chris, in any in, in that language? Nah, I
0: didn't. I I'll be honest. I didn't get a chance to learn a lot. Tokyo is very Western, and that was a benefit to me for the little that I got out uh, on the subway, on the monorail. It's it's uh, extremely easy to get around. So uh, in that regard, uh, and, and I had a couple of British mates with me who knew their stuff. And they were Aww. able to to really take me under their wing. So uh, that was cool. I will say this, Mike the monorail thing, like monorail, monorail. Uh, that, I'd never really traveled around on a monorail before. It's awesome. Like, subway's cool, but on an actual real monorail outside of Disneyland, I'd never been on before. So it was neat. <laughs>
3: Did you take the bullet train, by the Uh
0: No, because we didn't get outside the city at all. They, okay. We were lucky to get outside of our rooms, so we weren't gonna we weren't gonna uh, get greedy with the bullet train. We passed them <laughs> every day. They look neat.
3: Oh, they do. I guess you know. Uh, here's here's the kickoff uh, for the new season. Or well, I'm watching the Raiders and uh, the uh, pregame there as I talk to you. Uh, here's the the puck drop for the new season. Um, We have been had a lot of smoke blown up us in the last three months. We've been told, okay, Dabnoff is a huge improvement. Nolan Patrick is better than Cody Glass. These are all hopes and dreams, not realities yet. And I want you guys to convince all of us as we start the new talk about the season, are we actually better than we were at the end of the last season? That's my question.
0: Go uh, go up front first, and uh, we'll get to uh, next uh, Who's next uh, up? Stephanie. Stephanie. Stephanie's uh, next up. We'll get to that. In oh, we got to let Stephanie but, on. Uh, but I just uh, up front. Uh, I think they're better mm-hmm. uh, on the blue line. I think they're the same, or uh, with with just being able, actually, just to be able to keep uh, most of that together. Uh, I would say maintaining is better. And in goal, quite honestly, you can't lose the the Vesna Trophy winner. And not and and be better. So they're probably a little bit uh, uh, short of what they were a year ago. So uh, all things together, I'd say you're about the same as you were a year ago, which I think is amazing in the salary gap era to be a top team and and maintain uh, better forward, same on the defense, and a little bit shorter on on the uh, on the in goal.
3: Okay, I'll buy that for now. Thanks, Ryan.
0: Yeah, I mean I think that, you
2: know, you're you're looking at just different ways to, to really parse this down. And for me, when it comes to the Golden Knights, when it comes to how their this roster is constructed right now, I think what you saw over the course of this offseason was an a a focus on making sure depth down the lineup could really be a key for your team. And and for what for what I see up front, the Golden Knights have probably put together their best top nine, and I would argue they've put together their best bottom six uh, in franchise history. So when you've got Yevgeny Dadnov you look at what he's been able to do on good teams with Florida, scoring 25, 28 goals, and that just being kind of where his benchmark is, you add that to the mix, you get Alex Tuck back, you have players that are familiar in your top six playing together, I think that the sky really is the limit for this forward group. I agree with Darren's assessment that up front, they are better. On defense, I'd say they are equal to uh, to what they were last year. But there is the potential that you get a better season out of Nick Haig. You mm-hmm. get a better season out of Zach Whitecloud and Dylan Coglin, those younger players that are looking to take the next step. You could still get better production out of Shea Theodore so it's really up to those players to take that next stride and then you know when you have a tandem of Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard you go into this season with a tandem of Leonard and Brassois it's uh you know it's not the same as what it was last year but it's still very very good Robin Leonard's still a in a, a very very good elite goaltender in this league so for me a team that won uh 40 games last year in a 56 game season um, I think that being about where you were last year, if not slightly better, is, is really, really a good spot to be in.
0: Five on five. Uh, they were the best team in the National Hockey League with goals scored. You add Patrick and Dadnov to the mix. Uh, maybe you help out your power play. That's going to allow you to produce more offense. Uh, back to the phones uh, we go. Stephanie, welcome to the VGK Insider Show.
3: Hi, guys. It's great to be back on. Welcome back to Vegas, especially for you.
0: Thank you. Looking forward to it. Are you going to come out to FanFest on Thursday?
3: Uh, you know, I wish you would have uh, given out your uh, which days are going to be busiest because my daughter has eating lessons smack dab in the middle of when you guys start and when FanFest ends.
0: Oh, now I get it. Now I get
3: yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, it will be good. So, It'll we'll, we'll we'll catch up uh, enough times this year. But uh, if you do happen to swing by, we'll probably be there a little bit later from our show uh, in the Fan Fest. Uh, just being able to hang out and talk to some people. So make sure you stop by. Uh, what's in your mind? What what are you thinking going into the season?
3: You know, my uh, my biggest it's not a I guess it's a question, and I'm wondering. I'm not super concerned about it. But um, I wanted to hear from you guys what you think our center lineup is going to look at like. Like, who's going to be on the first line? Are we going to see a big jumble? Or are we going to see eh, sort of what we saw last year with a few minor tweaks?
0: Let Ryan go first on this. Good question, because it's uh, it's a point of uh, concern or fascination, really, uh, with the Golden Knights lineup. Thanks, Stephanie.
2: Yeah, I I think that when you look at the center depth right now for the Golden Knights, it's certainly going to be William Carlson. He is your either number one or number two center, depending on kind of how things shake out. The way Chandler Stevenson was able to play and, and really be such a key cog with Stone and Patchetti. I think if you're going to continue with that look with Pacioretty and Stone, Chandler Stevenson probably gets the start there at the beginning of the season. However, I do think that it, you give Nolan Patrick a look between Stone and Patchetti, maybe in a couple of preseason games, just to see if there's any chemistry there. I do look at Nolan Patrick as a center. He should be the third-line center at 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 worst come the start of this season. And then as far as your fourth line goes, I think Brett Howden, Nick Waugh, you've got no shortage of young players that I think can step into that role and be very, very productive. So I think you're looking at Chandler Stevenson and uh, William Carlson, Nolan Patrick, and then Brett Howden, Nick Waugh as being kind of those cornerstone pivots where they line up, I think is going to be determined as you get deeper and deeper into the season.
0: I think there's a challenge to Nick Waugh this year to crank up uh, his offensive production. We saw we saw signs of that last year. We also saw yeah. stretches where he was quiet. If we can get a real bump up in production in the uh, goal-scoring department from Nick Waugh, I think that goes a long way because uh, defensively and responsibility-wise, uh, I think Nick Waugh can really play the game. Uh Center uh, in the on the top line, Chandler Stevenson, to start. Uh, the, the ability to play the seven exhibition games, is huge for Pete DeBoer, something he hasn't had the opportunity. He hasn't had a chance to tinker with his lineup since he's been here. And that yep. goes back a couple of years. It, there's been no chance for that uh, against another opposition. The one game that didn't count was going into the bubble, against Arizona, and that wasn't one where you were going to do a lot of tinkering. It was more get guys used to the pace again. So this mm-hmm. this seven-game stretch uh, during the preseason, you will see a little bit of that. But this is also an opportunity to to avoid throwing more pressure on Nolan Patrick by putting him between Patrick and Stone right off the bat. Uh, let him ease into it. And, and let him develop some uh, rhythm with his new team. And then experiment in, into the uh, into the regular season. Your top two lines, in stone. And no pun intended. Just absolutely carved in stone. Uh, we've got a line open, 702-876-1340. Every Monday, it is 4 o'clock, the fan time, to vent to off their opinion, to really let us know what you're thinking. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. Uh, Lou, welcome to the BGK Insider Show. How you doing, pal?
4: Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? We're awesome. Hey, man, it is so good to have you guys back on the radio. I Can't say how much you guys. I know it's only a month that you deserve that month off, but you guys are very, very missed while you're uh, while you're not around. So uh, good to hear your voices again. Thanks, buddy. Um, as, as far as the team goes this year, I'm just going to. There's the one word that I think of: is potential, and it's it's the potential of the of the Nick it's the potential of, of the new guys that have come on board. It's it's what potential there is there, and will they live up to it? Will they excel? Will Peyton Krebs, you know, finally start to, to make a little bit of a, a, a splash in the lineup somewhere? You know, Nolan Patrick. Just the, we we know what we're going to get out of Stone. We know what we're going to get out of Patricelli, Carlson. Those guys, for the most part. It's the potential of those new pieces that I think is really going to make this season, you know, what it's going to become. And the beauty of this season, as weird as it may sound, with having Alex Tuck out is watching the team play without him on the third line for a while, without what he brings to the whole lineup, and then getting him back right, you know, well, halfway through, a little over halfway through the season, and the potential for what that's going to add to a team that should already be in first place in any way.
0: Hey, how many of these guys do you think you have to hit uh, when you talk about potential? You throw out Krebs, Swa, Patrick. Uh, there's four or five guys in there that there's some potential surrounding. To be successful, you, you, like, not all of them are going to be world uh, leaders, uh, out there. So, how many do you think have to hit?
4: You know, if two or three of those guys lived up to their potential, if, if two or three of those guys excelled, I think the team would be in darn good shape.
0: I agree. Lou, you coming out to FanFest on Thursday?
4: Absolutely. Wouldn't miss it. I'm actually playing Cat Wrangler right now for the end of Girls Weekend. So, I'm just kind of babysitting a bunch of women out here by the pool. They'll be leaving on Wednesday, so Thursdays all my day.
0: Attaboy. Uh, make sure you come by and say hi. We want to get a selfie with you.
4: Absolutely, guys. Have a good day, and thanks.
0: There's Papaloo. A line open, 702-876-1340. Papaloo, one of our favorites. Uh, back to the phone lines. Let's go to uh, Charlie. Charlie, welcome
5: Hello, to the beach. good day.
3: Good How to are have you? you back. Great to hear you. Uh, I was calling to see if you could clarify for me what the buyouts are. I know Breezy signed today with the Islanders, and I'm Let's say he was making six million a year. I don't know what he's making, and let's say the Islanders pay him two. Does he get both the salary from the uh, Minnesota and the Islanders, or is he subtracted? Uh, does Minnesota get off the hook for two million? Let's say for Parisi. How does how does that work,
0: Charlie? You know what the best thing in the world is? Is getting what? paid. To not play for a team, <laughs> and then getting all the money in the world that you signed for to play for the other team, he gets, so he gets all that cash right wow. into his New York Islander jeans.
3: Holy cow! Same thing with Sutter then, because didn't he signed for like three and a half or four million with Dallas. You got it
0: for four years of beautiful Texas gravy.
3: Well, how does it impact the wild in terms of their salary cap? Uh, they unloaded heavy salaries.
0: So it's, how does that
3: affect them on a the salary
0: cap? There's a formula. Uh, Ryan, you want to go through it?
2: Yeah, so it, the the best thing in the world is cap-friendly, and we really do have to throw a stick tap out to capfriendly.com because they've got salary caps literally for every single team, and it's, it's not just – Each individual player but the buyout dead cap space that all is formulated into a team's roster page but when it comes to the buyout for Zach Parise and Ryan Suter uh, it's as follows this is kind of how it all breaks down for the Minnesota Wild over the next couple of seasons both Parise and Suter their numbers are identical in terms of what dead cap is going to be on the cap for the Minnesota Wild so this upcoming season $2.371 million is going to be dead cap space for each Parise and Suter. So just about $4.8 million in dead cap space for the Minnesota Wild. Then you kind of pull it out a little bit. In year number two of the buyout, 2022-23, it's going to be $12.8 million in dead cap because of the buyout. And then in 2023-24, and 2024-25, that number jumps to $14.8 million between the two players. And then it'll come down quite a bit, $1.66 million between the two players for the next four seasons after that. So it is quite a a, a costly buyout. It's painful for sure, especially in the short term. But this was uh, the move from Bill Guerin that he felt had to be done for his team to move forward.
0: Okay, so let's let let's put it in cold hard cash numbers here. Mm-hmm. What does Ryan Suter make from the Minnesota Wild this year? Two point two
2: point four million dollars.
0: Okay, two point four million dollars. And yep. Charlie, for the next uh, four years, his AAV is over four with the. Uh, dallas stars so you're looking wow. you're looking at uh at a nice six million dollars a year for a player that was bought out it's pretty good wow. yep i i like i but it's hard on the ego man charlie like, it's not good for yeah, yourself. Well,
3: thanks so much the great great educational comments
0: thank you uh it's it's not good for your self esteem but boy is it great for the wallet <laughs> is it is it outstanding for the visa <laughs> Uh, Let's go to the phone lines. Rita, how was your summer?
3: Hi, guys. Miss you. Miss you, too. Hi, Rita. Hey. Uh, I got two things not really related. First off, nobody talks a whole lot about Matthias Janmark. Last year at the trade line, he kind of thought he was a rental. Now that he's got a solid contract with us, don't you think he may blossom this year?
0: Janmark's a really interesting player. He goes really hot, or he can get silent for a while. You, you saw that Chicago last year; he had ten goals early on. He's one of the best players. And then once the, all the trade talks started and the transition, uh, his his production dropped off. And then the playoffs scores the the beautiful, wonderful hat trick <laughs> in in Game Seven. Uh, yeah, I think I think he's one of those players that uh, that can. Once now that he's here, he's happy. He's really excited uh, to be a Vegas goal tonight. Uh, he's one of those ones that you could put under the umbrella of potential. Although he's he's a little bit older, uh, I think that what you get out of him is going could be one of those massive bonuses. Like Dadnov, Yanmark and Dadnov have the ability to give you a whole bunch of scoring if things go right.
3: Okay. The second thing is.
0: What are the sharks going to do with Kane? Ryan uh, has a couple of opinions <laughs> on this. <laughs> I'm not sure either um, one of them are, are arable.
2: Uh, no, I, I mean, listen, I I can be professional, and I'm going to be professional. What What are the sharks going to do with Evander Kane? I, I think at this point, they're prepared to go into the season with Evander Kane because when you look at the production on the ice, Evander Kane. Puts the puck in the back of the net. He has, at times last season, I think you make the argument and you'd probably not get too much pushback that Evander Kane was the San Jose Sharks' best player. I know that you know just there are reports that there has there's some tension in the locker room and there's a lot going on surrounding Evander Kane that doesn't have to do with hockey. But I think if if there's one thing we saw last year with Evander is that when it's when it comes to the game, when it comes to getting out on the ice. Um, he plays the game, and and he was very effective for San Jose. Now, the the investigation into some of the comments about about gambling or the thoughts about gambling, like that's all going to be something that happens with the NHL, and and that's that's the investigation that's ongoing. Uh, but if Evander Kane is is good to play, and you're the San Jose Sharks, you need someone to put seats, you know, to put butts in seats. Evander Vander Kane is that type of player.
0: Everything that I read, by the way, Rita. Uh, before I expand on the Vander Kane uh, topic, uh, are we going to see you on FanFest uh, on Thursday?
3: No, I've got an appointment. Okay, y'all get. Let me know in time. All right. Well, actually, I've had <laughs> appointment Sorry, for Rita. Six months, so you know,
0: I apologize, Rita, and I will speak to everybody on on your behalf. <laughs> All right. Oh, thank you. Okay, you be well. Love you. There's Rita, uh, one of our uh, favorites here on the VGK Insider Show and the post-game show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, I want to get to the Evander Kane situation, but back to the phone lines first. Gordon, welcome to the VGK
5: Insider Show. Thanks, Darren. Great to to be on with you, Ryan. It's been a while, buddy. Hope everything's going well.
2: I'm great, buddy. How how are you doing? How has your downtime been?
5: Uh, I'm well. I had a I had a nice off season. Went on a nice little golf trip. Uh, too bad the golf was hard. But uh, <laughs> got out to South Carolina, North Carolina. Beautiful. Um, escaped the Vegas heat for a little bit. But uh, I'm I'm glad to be back just in time for Fan Fest, which uh, which is where my question comes from. Now, Darren, um, I heard a rumor that. Uh, Gary Lawless is going to be there uh, if the name rings a bell. Uh, Are you nervous about that at all? I know there's uh, there's some history there.
0: Just know that I have uh, offered my services in a rematch to Gary Lawless uh, after our altercation in the Fan Fest two years ago in the Bouncy Castle where we jousted and he broke all rules and chased me out of the Bouncy Castle and beat me up and ruled me. He has declined the uh, offer of wow. a rematch. So I have replaced Lawless with Wallace. Wallace wow. and I will now be hosting a uh, winner-take-all Bouncy Castle Extravaganza joust Match hmm. at, at FanFest.
5: I sure hope there's ground rules in place.
0: Well, I, I do too, because I'm a fair player. Uh, I don't know that you don't know me that well, Gordon, but uh, uh, the the idea that you would cross the line physically and tactically and uh, just uh, from a, a rule standpoint frustrates me. It I think it tells you, it tells a lot of what kind of person you are. And Gary did all three of those. And uh, I'm not going to call him out. I think his actions mm. speak for themselves. But yeah. I, I will play fair in, in my next appearance on Thursday at the D at FanFest when I take on Ryan Wallace in a joust match.
5: Well, hey, that Darren, makes, I'm uh... rooting for you. But, uh, Ryan, uh, when, when you do win, just, I, I know, Darren, it took him a while to get over it last year. Uh, so, so if you don't rub it in too much, uh, he'll get by it. But uh, there's going to be lots of, lots of other fun down at FanFest at the downtown Las Vegas Event Center. People will be able to see some of their favorite players uh as well as catch you guys uh live from down there so uh lots of lots of fun to be had uh unfortunately darren's probably going to be the only person who goes and doesn't have a good time eh, Ryan,
2: that's absolutely true because darren might believe in fair play i don't i'm going to win i'm not uh,
6: too worried about mm. poking yeah. there
0: gordon gordon it took me a while to get over it because i was in treatment Therapy, rehab. Oh, come That's on. why it took come a while. Uh, Gordon, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. I'm glad the golf trip went well and uh, that you got some uh, downtime. Looking forward to catching up with you in and around T Mobile Arena and, of course, the City National Arena. So, what's your strategy for the Joe's match? Beat you. Yeah. Do you go with the poke Hit. and then the swing, or do you go right I, into the swing with the big baton? Don't,
5: I mean, don't I, tell them.
0: Listen.
2: Here's the thing. I'm just going to beat you. It, it, you can think about it. You can wonder about it. You can sleep th- like with one eye open about it. I'm just going to beat you. That's really all it's going to be. Sheer force. Just going to beat you.
0: I'm thinking about going big with the uh, with the just the helicopter swing and go from downtown right at you. No poking. Mm-hmm. No prodding. No jabbing. No easing into it. Just Full on big swing and right at the feet, and then really? once I do that, this I'm going to drop the baton and charge him. Mm-hmm. I'm even giving you my strategy.
2: Why? Why are you so mad at me? Like you should be. You should reserve this for Gary Lawless. I don't understand.
0: I know, but Lawless won't fight me anymore. He's he's one okay. of those like uh, I don't know what they call them in the professional uh, fight uh, scene, but. He, he's like ducking me.
6: I think that's what they call him. What <laughs> ducking a, me? A ducker.
0: Ducker, yeah. yeah. He's he's uh, it's it's frustrating and it, it's disappointing. It, Chapman, uh, I'm going to need
2: you to cut this clip up and send it to Gary, please.
6: You know what? I I think <laughs> I can do that. I I think I can do that. And and you know what? Gary will well, he'll put Darren in his place again. Oh come on. That's that's be, it's becoming a habit. Lawless, 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 lawless. He he. You didn't really stand up for yourself much on Thursday when he was on.
0: He wouldn't. I mean, he wouldn't bite. He he, he, he ran well, it's, like
6: it's on. It's on you to get him the bite. You sh- You need. You need to do a better job of throwing chum in the water.
0: True. Unbelievable. Hey, did you guys see the uh, winter classic uh, sweaters that were revealed? St. Louis against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, (laughs) I want to chat about it in just a little bit. Uh, I also want to get into uh, a little bit of Monday Night Football because it's a huge day in our city. And it also ties into the hockey world and what's going on in and around uh, the Las Vegas Valley because we are we are on fire right now. Uh, we'll turn the page. We've also got the final installment of our top five, bottom five, the best team in the National Hockey League from the VGK Insider Show going into this season, and the worst team out of 32 in the NHL. It's all coming up in the VGK Insider Show in Fox Sports Las Vegas.
1: We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM cool day around Las
0: Vegas Valley. Las Vegas Aces winning again. It was a great game. I was listening to it uh, bopping around the city today. So they win again. That was a nooner, and then we clear the deck for the Monday Night Football arrival. I know that there was a Monday Night Football game a year ago with the Las Vegas Raiders, but this is the real thing. Tailgating fans, Allegiant Stadium open, it's going to be rocking. Like we We hit, not the big time, but we've got the opening Monday night football game for the Las Vegas Raiders and then opening night of the National Hockey League season with the Vegas Golden Knights all within five weeks. That's pretty cool in the sense of the national sports spotlight being on our city with two different of uh, leagues inside the four major sports. What an acceleration from five years ago, Ryan.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's a testament to really how far this city has come in the last five years. When you you look at the professional sports landscape here in Vegas, it all starting with the Vegas Golden Knights, and and here we are five years later. We've got WNBA basketball, we've got professional hockey, NHL hockey, AHL hockey, or there's going to be arena football, and then you've got the NFL. You've got the Raiders and Monday Night Football culminating tonight it's going to be awesome and it's really cool to see just how much this city has has grown up in the last five years when it comes to being a leader in the professional sports landscape. That
0: opening night of the National Hockey League season will feature the Golden Knights up against the Seattle Kraken after the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, faced the Tampa Bay Lightning, Tampa Bay Lightning raising the Stanley Cup banner for their second straight championship. No Sidney Crosby in the lineup. Uh, we know that. He's had surgery. Uh, we know Austin Matthews is coming back from surgery on his wrist. There's a couple of uh, players in the mix of being Bumped and bruised and uh, recovering. Uh, Jack Eichel remains in limbo. Got another update on that coming up in news and notes on top of what I told you about uh, last week. But in the Pacific Division, it's the Golden Knights and everybody else. The top competition for the Golden Knights in the Pacific Division, if they're going to be pushed for first place. And I'm not sure they're going to be pushed for first place. I don't think it's a bad thing if somebody pushed them. I think that would actually be beneficial. But if somebody is going to take a run at the Golden Knights, which team is it this year? So I,
2: I've agonized over this question because I'm really honestly not sure. There's a couple of teams that I can throw out right off the bat. Anaheim, San Jose, Uh, I just don't think those teams are going to be in the mix. I think L.A. will be better this year, but I don't think that that's going to be a team that comes out of nowhere and pushes the Golden Knights for top spot in the Pacific. So it leaves you with... Are any of those teams
0: playoff teams?
2: I think the the one team of those three that I think could kind of push to the bubble would be L.A., but I just don't think they've got enough there. So then you've got Seattle, you've got Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton. So... Uh, when i when i think about it i would say that the calgary flames are are probably the the most complete team like i think their defense is solid i think their their forward core is solid i i trust in jacob markstrom more than i do mike smith for obvious reasons um so i i look at the calgary flames as kind of being the most complete team but they still have their holes uh I don't know about the Edmonton Oilers because I just can't make out what this team's going to be. Connor McDavid's going to be amazing. Leon is going to be amazing. I think Zach Hyman's going to help them over the course of maybe the next two or three years, but beyond that, it's going to be a little murky. And then, I, I mean, Duncan Keith and, and kind of revamping their defense. Hearing good things going, about
0: Duncan Keith, by the way.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a good player, accomplished, you know, mm-hmm. all that, but I, I just don't know that in this day and age, you're looking at a Duncan Keith to kind of be a 3-4 defenseman uh, for for a team that's trying to take that next step. And then the goaltending. When it comes to the Edmonton Oilers, they're going to be undone by their goaltending. It's just that simple. Uh, And then when it comes to to Vancouver, I I don't really want to make any predictions on Vancouver until I know that Quinn Hughes and Elias Patterson are locked up. And then beyond that, I, I think that they could certainly be better than they were last year, but I don't think they're going to push them. So long winded way of saying this for me the calgary flames are probably the team most poised to push the golden knights but i don't actually believe that they're going to do that
0: regular season edmonton i'm leaning towards the oilers because of the way the game is played during the regular season the biggest and this will be a a a real statement on the team that i'm going to bring up because seattle's never played together They've never practiced together. They've never taken the ice uh, and they won't for the first little while in their new rink together. There's so many unknowns about the expansion Seattle Kraken. And yet the team that I'm most sort of on the fence about unknown is the Calgary Flames. I don't know what their blue line is. I think they're forwards. uh, They're sort of in transition. Uh, their general manager has talked about how they're in a in a reload scenario right now. Goaltending's good. Calgary, to me, could if Monahan and Gaudreau and Kachuk mm-hmm. crank it up, yeah. could be good. Could be really sure. good. If they're not great, then I don't know where Calgary ends up. The Flames could finish second in the division. I yeah. th- that is that is a legitimate possibility. Or the Calgary Flames could miss the playoffs, and when you're, <laughs> when I'm saying they're the biggest unknown, and there's a, an expansion team inside your division, that's a real statement. Vancouver, uh, I also think could be good, uh, and I and I'm assuming that Hughes and Pedersen are going to get signed. That's an assumption which uh, I, I openly admit is is dangerous, but I I think that they're going to be signed. I'm not sold on Seattle folks. Uh, we were, we're a little bit blinded by the success of the golden Knights. What has happened here is extraordinary. And never ever did we think that a, an expansion team, even with the new rules could compete for a playoff spot. I see so many people locking the Seattle cracking in as a playoff team, uh, because, uh, they're jumping on board with the wake, almost like wake surfing, uh, being carried along by what the Golden Knights did. I'm not there yet. Is but is it
2: is it really about what the Golden Knights did, or is it just about this division and how many question marks there are, and how many teams Fair. you look at and you just say, I don't think that team's
0: particularly good. Well, I still, Edmonton is a good hockey club with the best player in the world. And yep. another top five player in the world, a Hall of Famer on the back end, and I don't think their is as bad. The goaltender is as bad <laughs> as 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 you lead on. Calgary is a mystery. Uh, I think Vancouver is is a good hockey team if they can get things in order. I love their coach, uh, so I, I think there's some some positive things with, with Vancouver. Now, Vancouver going to win a playoff series? No, but. Uh, I would put Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver ahead of Seattle. And L.A., my assumption is that they're going to be uh, knocking on the door of a playoff spot. I think this could be one of those big step years. Uh, We see from time to time where a team just – Minnesota last year, way ahead of schedule. Way ahead of schedule. I'm not saying that, that L.A. is necessarily in the same category as Minnesota was last year. But I could see Los Angeles taking a, a big step forward uh, if if things come back. It's an Olympic year. Drew Dowdy, uh, motivated. He's got something to play for uh, uh, all year long. And then throw in the mix their kids with Kopitar. Uh, I, I, I'm expecting my playoff teams in the Pacific is really simple. Vegas, Edmonton, Calgary and Vancouver uh, with LA. So there's there's your 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 four uh, so
2: so you you think that push down the stretch for that final playoff spot should the pacific division get four is going to be between vancouver and la
0: yeah yeah
2: yeah i mean like, i i don't you know as, as i'm looking at the the king's roster like i, I don't think that that's super far off no. I, I do think that a lot of what the kings did this off season addressed some some issues and, and certainly makes them a better team that the question becomes you know what are you going to get this year out of Jonathan Quick? Like, is he going to be able to kind of uh, keep up? How how ready are you as an organization to go to Cal Peterson and and kind of oh, you're have there. him be the?
0: You well, should he, be. He, he played more last year.
2: Yes, but I, I mean, do you, do you think that? That this is the time that that now you're yes. going to to finally see that that 7030 split for Peterson over quick
0: see, I don't know whether it's 70 30 but 60 40 is 60 yeah. is a significant number with with Cal Peterson look you you don't have to look too far to see how dangerous LA can be yeah examine the games between Los Angeles and Vegas last year they they played Vegas really tough and yeah. and had some uh some great games together if Vancouver can find that consistency and and with what they've got in the back end in particular, the forwards, there's some talent. And that word that Lou used, potential, uh, up front, that they can score some more goals. But their back end's coming together pretty nicely. And with the goaltending, uh, uh, LA and Vancouver are two teams that that are building towards a a future. Could be pretty fun to watch uh, in the next few years.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I look at this division, and I kind of want to see L.A. improve and get better. I want to see Vancouver be better than they were last year, just simply because I, I, I think that the young talent for the Vancouver Canucks, Elias Patterson, Quinn Hughes, those types of players, then you throw into the mix Connor Garland. Like I, I think the, the youth and, and kind of the, that next wave of, of superstar for the Vancouver Canucks can be really, really fun to watch. The the thing that I, I'm most interested in when it comes to the Pacific Division is what our preconceived notions going into this season are versus what's actually going to happen. Oftentimes in hockey, we look at a division, we look at a team, we look at what they've done in the past, and we just make our minds up about them before they even play a game. We say, this team's going to be bad, this team's going to be great, and I, I don't know that I, I want to see this division go the way that I I expect it to or plan it to. I want the Golden Knights to be pushed a little bit in the regular season because I think that's important come playoff time to, to draw on some of those experiences where you went through a tough stretch or you weren't able to, to find the, the groove against
0: teams in your own division. You know, there's a few players uh, when you look at it, and I'll point to Vancouver or sorry, Los Angeles uh, and Anaheim and Vegas in particular where young players, because the junior leagues weren't up and running for a time period or at all, got experience in the American Hockey League, like a free year of development in the pro game uh, in the American Hockey League. And I think that's going to be beneficial to people like Peyton Krebs and uh, Caden Korczak and Dustin Byfield. Like there's, uh, uh, there, there, there's or Quentin Byfield, there's, there's so many uh, benefits to that area of the game that you could see big surges forward. Uh, One more uh, little... I'm going to loop back to uh, our callers and the question about uh, Evander Kane. Uh, From what I've read about that investigation is they found zero uh, abnormalities when it came to uh, money wagered on the San Jose Sharks and results of the San Jose Sharks. So uh, I'm... This isn't official, official, but that's what I've been able to uh, come up with. That there's not that uh, big, whoa, warning light uh, when it comes to uh, wagering. Because the accus- accusation from the ex-wife uh, was that he, that he bet on hockey and, and bet on his games. Uh, the other part was that I read, and I don't know how official this is, but uh, hmm. that they were having trouble finding the, uh, the wife. And, and having a conversation with her so huh. there was there is that part of it too that uh, in being able to actually sit down and complete the investigation and, and go on through through that so uh, that's what I know about it from a couple of just superficial uh, articles uh, I haven't talked to anybody in and and nobody will will speak to this uh, uh, right now, uh, so you're not going to have any on-the-record, off-the-record conversations with something as uh, as uh, as official as the accusations imply here with Evander Kane, but uh, from what I've been able to read, uh, read uh, that's the update on, on that. Uh, we're going to reset for hour number two, and then we're going to come back with our top five, bottom five, final installment. Who is the best team in the National Hockey League, according to the VGK Insider Show, and just more fun, more juicy, a conversation. Who's the worst team in our eyes? It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
1: This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace.
0: VGK Insider Show coming up, hour number two, dealing with the best team and the worst team in National Hockey League. As voted by the VGK Insider panel, Chapman, Millard, and Wallace, we will get to it. Uh, a little bit of uh, mystery surrounding the top club in the league and the bottom team. Who's the worst team out of 32 going into this season, according to our panel? Uh, Fantasy Football League-wise, I, I went on air, Told you about my draft last week. I got super smoked, absolutely super smoked uh, in in game number one. Despite trading up and having two first round picks, it was more. It was I, I put up a century, got the free pizza, uh, but didn't didn't contain the opposition, and they they threw two hundred points on me. Who Crazy. was it?
6: Who was it that beat you,
0: uh, Kelly, in our office? And uh, wait, she's G- awesome. oh not
6: not GM Kelly. No, okay.
0: no, 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 no. Uh, I, I I would like to be – I've been in a fantasy football league with Kelly McCrimmon. He's uh, he's really good. This one, uh, Kelly Fiffner, Uh she was uh, – she had a good team. Dak Prescott
6: beat me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the guy I played, he had Prescott, but fortunately I uh,
0: – You came uh, out in the right end of it?
6: Yes, I did. Yeah. Wow. Because I had Jameis Winston. Ooh.
0: Yes. Solid work. Uh, looking forward to watching the Raiders play tonight. Monday Night Football at a sold-out. Allegiant Stadium. Uh, People there ready to rock and roll uh, against Baltimore. We'll chat a little bit about that plus one-timers and the latest on our VGK top five, bottom five on the VGK Insider Show. It is the VGK Insider Show and Fox Sports Las Vegas Hour. Number two is coming up next.